All right, you're listening to another episode of the CTO Advisor Podcast. We're going to try something a little different this week. It is just me. I have a topic that if you follow me on Twitter, we're pretty passionate about. But before we get started, a sponsor note. This episode is sponsored by the CTO Advisor Virtual Event. This podcast, if you're listening to it, is the day it's published will predate our second CTO Advisor virtual conference held March 9th from 9 a.m. Central to 5 p.m. Central Time U.S. This is an exciting time. We have a great list of speakers. The slate is fabulous. Go over to the website, ctoavc.com to register. Again, that's CTOA. B is a victor, C as a conference.com to register. You won't regret it. It is a, a great event. If you're listening to this podcast after the knife, go back and watch the replay. I want to talk to you today about this Broadcom VMware proposed merger. It is something that has been near and dear to, I don't want to say my heart, but I think it exposes one of the challenges of putting so much faith in the vendor ecosystem when it comes to innovation and moving the ball forward. So this is not just about Broadcom and VMware, but how do you outsource parts of your innovation strategy while keeping other parts in? So let's talk about the problem. Over the past 20 plus years, VMware has sadly become one of the most critical vendors in your enterprise IT landscape, at least for most of us. From not just VMs, but virtual desktop infrastructure, security, networking, when it comes to the software-defined data center, this ability to abstract away data center components, VMware has kind of led the charge. VMware vSphere is the gold standard when it comes to enterprise software, data center software. It just simply is. So you kind of run into this relationship in which you depend on VMware's innovation to drive a lot of your architecture decisions. If you started out with vSphere 4.1 or 5.0, 5.5, you've built around that, you've built your virtual network constructs, whether you adopted VMware products directly, such as NSX, or you've gone with solutions that complement VMware environments, you've kind of adopted their language and their approach. And you build this ecosystem of not just VMware software, but components that lay on top of that. Your DR and backup and, and disaster recovery are based off of the ability to replicate storage from one data center to another data center, data center uh, based on virtual machines, based on virtual machine networks. As we move into the public cloud and hybrid cloud, which is what the virtual conference plug is about, we start to adjust our infrastructure designs to accommodate not just 
virtual machines, but virtual machines in a public cloud, containers. VMware has done a great job of moving VMware vSphere from just being VM-centric to uh, Kubernetes' first API. And you start to rely on this innovation. Then come along Broadcom. Broadcom announces that they're going to acquire VMware for some $61 billion or $67 billion if you include debt. It throws a big set of questions in. And Broadcom has been extremely vague on what they plan on doing with VMware. You know, uh, Hocktown has gone on a road trip tour uh, with some of the biggest VMware customers. I've talked to a couple of them. They said those conversations have gone extremely well. They feel that uh, Broadcom is looking to at best partner with these top, you know, 500, 600 customers. And they feel pretty comfortable that VM VMware is not going to pull back in areas that are important to them. What are these areas? One is this cross-cloud conversation. VMware has put all the chips into basically two areas. Obviously, vSphere is going to continue to be their flagship product. They want to extend vSphere by pushing it all the way down to the network card or NIC similar to Amazon's Nitro, where hypervisor functionality is pushed to a network card or DPU. VMware wants to follow suit with VMware vSphere. So as much as the hypervisor that can get off of the general purpose CPU to make the CPU more efficient, VMware wants to do that. We'll stick a pin in that because that is one of the regulatory concerns for the Broadcom acquisition. The other area is cross-cloud. VMware wants to build tools, not just VMware vSphere, but all of these cross-cloud platform tools that allow you to build what the Cube and Wikibon would call the super cloud. Your ability to manage your hybrid multi-cloud infrastructure from a single pane of glass. That is you know, we'll talk about the super cloud uh, to, at tomorrow's event, actually. Uh, David Lithicum, chief cloud strategy officer for Deloitte, is going to do a whole session on super cloud and automating the super cloud. That is generally what VMware is talking about, is being able to manage your hybrid infrastructure using VMware tools. This isn't just vSphere. Again, this is talking about how do I orchestrate storage? How do I manage networks natively across clouds? How do I in, uh, enable developers to do CI, CD pipeline? How do I ensure compliance across multiple clouds? VMware is tackling this problem. And this goes back to kind of how we rely on vendors to innovate and solve these hard problems. These are hard problems. If we look at the alternative, we're looking at Walmart and their triplet system and how they're using their internal IP to solve these both technical and people and process challenges using just in-house software. 
most of us don't have that capability when we look towards a VMware to solve these problems. Enter Broadcom. Broadcom traditionally have bought software companies such as CA and Symantec and put them more or less in maintenance mode. Focus on the top five, 600 customers, their feature requests, cater to them, and then everything else flows down. But you're no longer looking at CA and Symantec to lead an innovation in their areas. CA has, is, is primarily a mainframe software. They do a, some great backup software for the mainframe, management software for the mainframe, and a bunch of other software. It's not just a mainframe company. Then there's Symantec, who is a security company. And, and I'll be frank, neither one has, you know, knocked my socks off in the in announcements in the past two or three years of how they've moved the dis discipline of managing mainframes further or the discipline of uh, integrating Symantec security into Broadcom chips. So when I look at VMware being acquired by this company and the promise from Broadcom that they're going to get an additional $4 billion a year of profit before tax and interest, that is, I can't tell you, an astounding number. The investment that it takes to innovate at the level that we as consumers want VMware to innovate at, I'm at a loss to understand those two competing priorities. The, this priority to increase profits to $4 billion, to plus, plus $4 billion a year in three years, and this priority to support the cross-cloud. As I look at the problem, this problem needs a massive investment from a company with massive resources. And I don't see complementary efforts of cutting, making cuts and accelerating innovation, spending less on R&D overall, but focusing that spend in such an intense manner that it moves the needle for this intractable problem. We understand, the folks that's looking to this podcast, kind of understand the problem. This is not easy stuff. If you go back and listen to our podcast with Rob Hirschfield from Rack In, we went into some detail about what it takes to build a super cloud from a platform team perspective. You know, just the simple problem of registering a VM on multiple clouds. The ID from the VM is different from one. The machine ID is different on, on, on the format is different from one cloud to another cloud. So that's that's my biggest problem. So if you're a VMware slash Broadcom customer and, and Hot Time and his team is coming in to ask you or uh, convince you to be on board and ask you what your top questions are, you know, I, I, I ask him about this $4 billion number and the investment and commitment needed to go to cross-cloud and for you to continue to outsource this part of your innovation to VMware if this is still the relationship to do that with. That is, I think, the number one question I would advise you to ask 
Haktan and his team because they're not talking to me, obviously, because I would tell you. Now let's go to the financial slash regulatory problems that I see in this deal. The EU is zoning in on this problem that Dale highlighted or took advantage of when they bought VMware. You couple vSAN, VMware Engineering, Dell Server Engineering, and you get VxRail. VxRail was the tightest HCI implementation you could buy on the market and still is to this day. As a result, it showed in the marketplace and Dell completely dominates the HCI market and took leadership from Nutanix. The EU has taken notice and said, hey, this is an unfair advantage. Fast forward to Broadcom. Broadcom makes these chips I talked about that you put inside of a server and you run the hypervisor on, uh, you can run network functions, etc. They're called DPUs, data processing units. The idea is that if you couple Broadcom and VMware engineering, and if DPUs are the future of data center innovation, it's, I don't think it's a stretch to say that Broadcom would have a competitive advantage over Intel, NVIDIA, and any other DPU startup or manufacturer to create hypervisors on a chip. The counterpoint from Broadcom is that there's plenty of competition in the cloud market, so that, that, that shouldn't be a problem. This argument does not make sense to me. There is competition in the cloud market, but there's not competition for DPUs running vSphere. And regulators are becoming much smarter about these things. They're not saying uh, generically that there's uh, X market and because there's X market, subsets of the market are independently available to compete. They're now looking at the market for data center DPUs. Amazon is not going to sell you Nitro. Azure, Google is not going to sell you these individual components to go into your data center. You may say, I'm going to run my VMware workloads on VMware in AWS, but that's a partnership and not a competition. So I personally don't buy this idea that VMware competes with cloud providers and therefore there is no anti-competitive concern. I'm saying that if the new definition if of anti-competitive concern is that you don't want VxRail again, uh, Broadcom has some explaining to do on how they're going to remedy the, the this action. Do I believe this is enough to derail the acquisition? No. $21 billion to Michael Dale personally, I don't think that's going to stop this transaction. I think uh, Broadcom and VMware are going to make some concessions and say that they're going to play nice, similar to how they played nice with EMC, and that will address most regulatory concerns. Which brings me back to my original concern. Is there enough R&D money left over for VMware to move the needle. Even if the acquisition doesn't close, we have to ask the same question. 
Can VMware meet the level of investment that you need to make decisions around your hybrid infrastructure? Can it be the control plane? Or do you need to look at open source projects such as Crossplane and build a triplet, a Walmart type super cloud to manage your hybrid multi-cloud infrastructure? I don't know the answers to these questions yet. I would love to hear your feedback. You can DM me on Twitter at CTO Advisor. You can comment on the blog post itself. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you. Join the the sessions tomorrow at the CTO Advisor Hybrid Cloud Conference, ctoavc.com. Register, join the chat, and let me know your thoughts. I'm looking forward to it. Let me know what you think about this format where I just, you know, rant inject my thoughts into the podcast stream tune in next week we are going to have a special podcast with brian chambers the director of architecture at chick-fil-a we're going to talk to talk about kubernetes at the edge and what it takes for architecture team to run a platform 